Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland, and on this episode we have Aaron Kennelly, who writes for NorthsideBaseball.com, which you should check out his writing there, and he's on Twitter at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, underscore Kennelly, K-E-N-N-E-L-L-Y, and he's a very good Twitter follow. He gives you lots of stats about, especially pitching, but also hitting, and just lots of good Cub stats. And uh, we talk a lot about, you know, the Cubs' pitching needs, uh, trade deadlines coming up. We talk a lot about the Cubs' new acquisition of Cole Hamels, a little bit about their bullpen needs, and possibly some guys that they could make a bullpen trade for. We'll see what happens by tomorrow's deadline. Um, and it's a pretty good conversation, and... Here is Aaron. Cubs just uh, won a dramatic walk-off victory against the Diamondbacks. Two back-to-back home runs to end it. But, of course, the big thing that everybody is talking about is uh, the trade to get Cole Hamels. So what are your thoughts on the trade and Cole Hamels? Uh, I like the trade. I think they needed more of an acquisition for depth for the starting rotation rather than going out and getting someone that might factor heavily in the playoff rotation, assuming uh, Hendricks, Lester, and Quintana are all healthy. Uh, if you get you Darvish back, you got pretty four pretty good options there. And I think Hamels is more of just a depth move and uh, basically a move to ensure that they don't have to see much from Tyler Chatwood the rest of the year. It's a... Uh, it's a little bit of a risky play because he's had an off year this year, but I think a lot of it can be attributed to uh, him pitching in Texas. That ballpark is this year. The park factors think it's the worst park for pitchers and Coors field. Even his home and road splits are pretty glaring. The differences, but mainly I think he was, he's probably just been a little unlucky lately is, He's got the, of all qualified starters, his home run or fly ball percentage is by far the highest in the league. It seems a little fluky that it'd be that high. It's probably normalize and come down a little bit. And uh, I think that he, he's not going to be an ace or anything. He's, his stuff's not as good anymore. He's still, uh, still got his normal velocity, but he's lost about an inch of movement on all those pitches. So I think, you shouldn't expect Cole Hamels of 2012, but he should be a good addition to help us uh, in the rotation the rest of the year. Yeah, and uh, you kind of mentioned it there, but will you think this is finally the end for Tyler Chatwood in the starting rotation, or do the Cubs keep going with him? Uh, I really don't know. I think it's at a point where they probably have to make a move there and at least uh, at least wait and hopefully get the division lead a little larger. If you get it up to seven, eight games, maybe you can bring him back in September sometime and try to work through things. And if you want to go to a six man rotation to give some rest to the other guys, maybe he gets some starts later in the year. But I think for now they would probably be smart to keep Mike 
Montgomery in the rotation. And uh, I don't know what Chatwood, if it'd be a move to long relief or if there's a DL stand in his future, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be making any starts in the near future. Yeah. I think pretty, know, yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, they did invest three years in him, so yeah, they might be more yeah. willing to go with it, but you just think at this point, with the walk rate, what it is, and now the ERA is caught up to what you'd expect it to be with that rock, rock rate. You just yeah. got to think it's pretty much it. Yeah, I, they've tried to give him a lot of chances, and it doesn't appear to be getting better. They are 11-8 and eight in his starts, so it hasn't hurt them very much, but it could in the future, especially if uh, it keeps trending the way it is. Like you are saying, early in the year, he – Seem to be getting out of a lot of jams and getting a lot of weak contact to work himself out of it, but that hadn't really been the case lately. They've still been winning, but it's been a little bit uh, more of a struggle to come back and win those games. Yeah, I mean, I saw that somewhere. Maybe it was um, where I work, Cubs Insider, but uh, it's something like um, he has 771 ERA the last five games with yeah. 45 walks and 41 strikeouts. And the Cubs are five and zero in those games, so it's yeah, like, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy. It also speaks to why I think the Hamels move is good. Is the rest of the team is really good, like, well rounded and deep on offense. They run the bases well, play defense well. If everyone's healthy in the bullpen, there's a lot of nice options there. They can come back and win games. The defense can help limit runs. So you don't really need a superstar pitcher to win games for the. Cubs right now, and you can see that when Tyler Chatwood pitches. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, like, you know, um, 2016 is this year, like, it was so great. They went, you know, wire to wire, win the World Series, but I've been looking at the numbers, and, like, this team, record-wise, and, like, run different, everything, it's like, they're not that far off from that 2016 team. A lot closer than a lot of people, I think, think they are. Yeah, it's it is. They've been since uh, they started playing better at the start of July. There, they've gotten right about on pace with where the 2016 team was. But they also had a really good second half, and we'll see how this one goes. I think it'll go pretty similar. I think they'll be really good. But I think a lot of it's just the way the team's made up. You see all the walks and the bad starting pitching, them not working deep in the games. But I don't think people appreciate how good and deep the offense is right now. They you know, they have guys in the seven and eight hole that are have three fifty, three sixty on base percentage, and they all run the base as well. They play really good defense. It's the you can get wins in different ways. You know, it doesn't have to be set up exactly like the twenty sixteen team. It's a little different, but the position players have grown up, grown up, and they starting to hit the ball better than they were when they were rookies, and that's even with you know. Brian and Rizzo missing time and not being up to their potential. So it shows you how much more depth they have now. And they got a lot of really good players on the offensive side. You know, it's funny. One of the um, players that's just had like his year has been so schizophrenic that I don't know if people now realize how like solid his numbers actually are, but I've been beating this drum for a while is Ian Happ. We started out so bad, but like, you look at his, especially on base percentage and stuff now, it is amazing the turnaround he's had this year. Yeah, he's he's been really impressive, I think. And I think 
Another thing people don't realize is he's, I think he just turned 23 a couple months ago or so. He's only 23, and he's a year or two younger than all the other guys, you know, several years younger than Brian and uh, younger than Baez. And he only had, you know, last year was his first year. There's growing pains for young players. They go through them. We've seen other players go through them. We saw Javi Baez go through them. And I think people kind of just expect him, you know, oh, he's just one of the guys. He's part of the group. And, well, the other players are older and have more experience. So you got to give it time. And there's a lot of people upset with him early uh, with that with strikeout rate. But he's he's really improved since uh, the end of April. He's been making about 70% contact. And he's uh, what he's really done well is he's become very disciplined. He's got a really discerning eye at the plate. He's it's shocking how similar his numbers look to Schwarber's actually. They both are in like the top 12 in the majors in Walker, you know, 370, 380 on base percentage. And uh, yeah, I think Ian Happ is probably the most underappreciated player on the team right now. Uh, you had an interesting um, uh, thread on Twitter today that I liked about uh, another trade that the Cubs made with the Texas Rangers for uh, Jesse Chavez. And yeah. you know he's looked very good so far, but you were going more in depth than when he's changed to become a better relief pitcher recently. Yeah, uh, I wasn't aware of it, but uh, Brett Taylor had a really good article at Bleacher Nation about uh, Chavez changed his uh, arm slot and he's uh, less over the top and more uh, uh, to his side now, and he changed it. Uh, on Mother's Day was the first start he had changed it. And Brett had a really good article showing how dramatically his arm slot changed, his horizontal release point, his vertical release point uh, on exactly that day. And he uh, he had said that Chavez did in an interview that he changed his arm slot. And a lot of times you hear, you know, oh, we're working with mechanics from a pitcher. And then you look through the data and it's not there. You know, it's just something like, did he really change anything or did, you know, things just randomly start getting better and that's what he's telling himself. But with Chavez, that appears to be the case. He dropped his arm slot down and it stayed down. It's been consistent. And since then he's pitched really well. He's got like a 2.0 ERA since then. And uh, one of the other things Brett talked about in the article was that he started changing his pitch mix around that time too. He, uh, he's been foregoing throwing his four seamer and his slider and he's throwing a lot more with his sinker and his cutter now. And his cutter's always been a really good pitch. It's graded out highly on uh, pitch scores and uh, gotten a lot of whiffs and been a good, really good pitch with them in the past. So it's good to see him using that more, but more importantly, I think is just uh, he's having, he's having issues with home runs the last couple of years. He's always had pretty good, Strikeout and walk rates look good, but he'd been giving up a lot of home runs the last two or three years. And once he changed his uh, arm slot, uh, he's getting more ground balls and he's getting more weak contact. I looked through and before he changed his arm slot, he, his average exit velocity was 92 miles an hour. And since then it's been 86 miles an hour. So he, his home run numbers are have dropped a bunch and it's helped him out his bat up slower. He's not giving up as many hits. So it looks like that might actually be a real work in progress there. And if he can keep it up, he looks like a pretty outstanding addition to the bullpen that 
it's a multi-inning guy and he didn't cost much. So it's probably a pretty good find by Theo and company there. You know, to kind of bring me to another subject, and it's a guy I really like, so I feel bad, but uh, you'd say a good find the Cubs had last year was uh, Brian Dunson. I mean, really came out of nowhere. It had been, I think, was he released by the by the Twins or free agent from the Twins? Yeah, I believe they so. Picked, yeah, they picked up for almost nothing, but um, this year has been ugly to say the least. Yeah, and I, I really just can't see... Yeah, I can't see. Can they keep bringing him out there, or do they have to move on? Well, there's a couple of things that play. One, they signed him for two years. So for the rest of this year, he he really can't pitch in any important games. He's I, he's in the – of all pitchers with 30 innings pitched, he's in the bottom eight in the league and XFIP and FIP and ERA. He's just been, he's not pitched like a major league pitcher can. I don't know if you're looking again at a DL stand or something, if they want to keep him around and try to see if he comes back better next year. But he only costs, I think like three and a half million dollars next year. They might just cut, cut him and move on. I don't know. I'm sure they, uh, still view that he's better than what he is now, but he hasn't, again, he hasn't proven it this year and it's getting worse and worse to the point where he can't, he can't be pitching in games during a pennant race, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you do feel bad for guys like that, especially when you hear that they're, they're good guys and stuff, but yeah, he seems like a really nice guy too. And, uh, you know, it's really tough when, you know, sometimes you have, you know, a hothead that's bad mouthing the fans and, I would never uh, can uh, encourage people to boo players, but sometimes you know it's one thing when when a guy's you know uh, not a very good fit in the clubhouse and maybe not a good character. But guys like that with good character, you just you want them to do better, but it's just not working out. You know, it's it's a tough situation, and he yeah, pitched really. No. Oh, sorry. Don't, Don't think oh, oh, yeah. well for us last year too. So that hurts too because you know he's part of the team and was a really big surprise last year and helped us out. And then it just just went downhill. Yeah. No. I'll ask one more reliever question just because we're coming up on the trade deadline. Are there any guys out there that you would like? I don't know. We could be under the radar guys people expect to be traded. But is there anyone out there you'd like to see the Cubs make a run at? Yeah, that's one of the reasons I was uh, happy with the Hamels move because Cubs farm system's not very good right now. They don't have many assets. And I thought, you know, if they wanted to go for someone like Nathan Eovaldi, it would cost more than what Hamels costs. And if you do a move like that for a better starter who, again, might not even be pitching in the playoff rotation, uh, is it going to come at the uh, cost of not being able to pick up a relief pitcher? And I think... Uh, something that could really help us out in the playoffs is adding another relief pitcher because that's the trend these days in the playoffs. All, all the teams are going to bullpenning it and don't want to go through an order the third time through. And uh, the Cubs are basically doing that throughout the regular season right now because the starters haven't been able to work deep into games. And it really helped to have another really good, if not elite, relief pitcher to be able to uh, 
shorten the games for us. I, uh, if you're looking at it right now, a healthy Morrow, Strope, Edwards, C-Sheck, Justin Wilson, I'd be pretty fine with any of them pitching in any big moments. And you can also set them up to, you know, lefty righty when you want guys facing what part of the order, but they might want another lefty since Dunting, as we talk about, is not, not uh, living up to what they'd hope from him. If not, another righty would be fine too. Just get as many good bullpen arms as possible. And there are a bunch out there. There's always bullpen arms out there. And, uh, some of them I like the most probably yeah, Ryan Presley for the twins. He's uh he's really come on strong this year. He has elite spin rate numbers if you're looking at uh stat cast numbers. I think he has like the highest spin rate on his fastball of anyone in the league. He's striking out thirteen guys per nine innings, uh two point nine five FIP, three point four ERA. And uh, he'd be under control for next year, too. He'd probably cost a lot, but I think it might be worth it because we're going to need relief pitching next year, too. So I I might want to go that route with a controlled relief pitcher. Also, Kirby Yates with the Padres. He's got a 2.00 FIP, a 1.4 ERA. And he's always struck a lot of guys out, but he had a lot of problems. He was an extreme fly ball pitcher in the past and gave up a lot of home runs. And it really held him back because it doesn't matter how much you're striking guys out if you're giving up a home run every time you come in, you know. And this year he's been mixing in a splitter that he picked up with the Yankees. And now his ground ball rate shot up. His home run rate has gone way down. He's He's been pretty lights out with the Padres. He's also controlled for two more years. I'd love to get one of those guys. Also, Adam Conley with the Marlins. He's got a... 3.580 RA, a 3.56 FIP. He's uh he'd been starting with the Marlins and he was he he did a pretty solid job in their rotation for a couple of years. And then last year he kind of tailed off and had a really bad year, so they moved him to the bullpen and his velocity shot up from like 90 miles an hour last year to 95 average this year. And he's uh striking out guys, he's pitching really well and his stuff looks a lot better out of the bullpen. Again, he's controlled for three more years. They could also, uh, there's, if the Giants fall out of it, they're 500. They got a couple lefties, Tony Watson and Will Smith, maybe that you could go after. There's, there's a bunch of other guys on the Marlins too. Drew Steckenrider, uh, Kyle Bearclaw. They're both controlled. Uh, Brad Ziegler, he's a veteran who's a, he'd be a rental player, but he hasn't been pitching great this year. There's some other options like him that if you're just looking for someone to help out this year, you know, maybe Zach Duke with the twins, Brad Brock. There's some, there's plenty of options out there. It's just figuring out what teams like our prospects, who we like, how much we value them, find a good match. Not exactly sure what they're thinking there, but I, I would have to think there's another relief pitcher that will be added. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I would be absolutely shocked if they didn't add one. Yeah, it, it, it's always, I would say it's always a smart move for any team to add a relief pitcher because when you add a relief pitcher, if, for instance, there might be, you know, uh, Manny Machado, let's just use as an example. If you have two all-stars at shortstop and third base, you know, there's no sense in adding Manny Machado. 
it costs a lot and you don't have anywhere to play them. Or if you do, then guys who are doing well for you are going to see fewer bats or have to be moved to a different position. With the relief pitchers, you can just plug the new guy in, move your rest of your guys down in the uh, pecking order. And instead of having four good relievers, you have five or instead of two, you have three. And but you can always find a place for a relief pitcher, you know? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'll switch subjects one more time. And there is one thing that people would talk about with the offense that the offense has been going much better, but the power numbers are kind of down from last year. And people are, you know, like, is there a power surge? Is this because of Chili Davis, like, you know, encouraging more contact? And I just thought, is there, should we be worried about the lack of power or is it not that big a deal? Uh, I'm not too worried about it. For one, they might be trying to do it. I'm, you know, there's been talks of Chili has been encouraging them, you know, to two strikes, uh, shorten up your swing, try going the other way. And we've seen that this month. They've done a lot of that without hitting home runs, piling up runs, and it's been working. So as long as it's working, I'm not too worried. But I also think uh, it's a little suspect that the power's down. I don't think it's uh, – I don't think it really has that much to do with them changing their philosophy. For one, you've had Bryant with a shoulder injury and on the DL. He should be hitting 30-some home runs, but he's – been hurt. Rizzo has been not quite right. He's finally looks like he's really locked in right now, but uh, the homer yesterday was still his first home run in a month. I would expect some. It's just some guys have been having some down power years. You know, there might be some guys like, it looks like Wilson Contreras and Addison Russell have kind of bought into the shorten up your swing, go the other way, hit line drives. You're seeing their bad ups come up or come down overall you know the amount of offense they're producing is about the same it just depends on what kind of offense you'd rather see the team that's hitting singles and drawing walks and going first to third or the team that's hitting three run homers yeah and ironically you'd almost the way they're producing now is a much better strategy in the playoffs against like power pitchers to be able to generate runs that way yeah that's one of the uh Things you know, we had a lot of uh, complaints about. Well, they, if they can't hit a three-run homer, they're not going to win games, you know. And a lot of complaints about how much they relied on the home run. Which I think that complaint is a little silly anyway, because that's just the way baseball's trending. All the pitchers are throwing ninety-eight with nasty breaking stuff and striking everyone out. And uh, players have you know found that. Uh, if you have power, it's better to hit the ball in the air. The game's just changing and evolving that way. Anyway, I, we see the Cubs being reliant on home runs the last few years, but that's the way it's been going for every team. You know, uh, you have to keep that in mind too. But th- to see the shift is pretty uh, pretty dramatic to see them go from that to what they are now and still remain uh, the best offense in the National League at least. Yeah, and – um I'll, I'll give you one final question then. Uh, so we're going down the stretch. The Cubs have a two and a half game lead over the Brewers. Should you think, I mean, everything could happen. It's baseball, but we should, we feel pretty good about the Cubs being able to stay ahead of the Brewers. I, I would think so. I think with the Hamels move, the Chavez move, like we were talking about, 
They still need to add another relief pitcher. There's still some guys that are out. Morrow's hurt. Bryant's hurt. Darvish is hurt. Those are some big names. You can't rely on them, but you'd have to, from what we've heard, you know, they should be back. And you'd have to think that we have enough talent to uh, maintain the lead even with them out. You see guys like David Bodie coming up and performing and how we, we were just talking how deep the offense is. I, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Fangraphs has them at about, I think, 88% odds to win the Central right now. That could change, but I, I, I think there's just too much talent on this roster. The Brewers have a lot of holes. They haven't addressed them yet. Every single game, you know, they're, you're looking their six, seven, eight hitters are having OPS of 650 or 580 or 480 in the case of Arcia. There's just their rotation's not great. They're, it'd be really hard for the Brewers to come back and surpass Cubs. It's not not saying it's impossible, but you do have to feel well with the way the Cubs have played and with how their roster looks compared to the Brewers. Okay. Well, now I'll finish up on one last note of a little bit of defense against a certain newspaper in Chicago, <laughs> uh, the Sun-Times, Yeah, who wanted, for some reason this week, decided to go all out against Joe Madden and attack him. And it's just like, it just boggles my mind. But I'll just like, can we give a little defense of Joe Madden here? Yeah, there's some things that Joe does that, and this has been a case long before he's with the Cubs. I think all the AL East fan bases hated him when he was with the Rays. He's unorthodox. He does things different. He's a little weird and goofy. He thinks outside of the box. And, you know, sure, there's there are things he could complain about Madden for. Uh, sometimes he, he speaks his mind, and people might not agree with him. And, uh, there, there are reasons for people probably to not like Madden. I won't say that there aren't, but it, it seems a little uh, uh, strange that the Chicago writers would be complaining about, you know, the manager that actually won the Cubs the World Series. And there are things he does in game. You know, sometimes you get upset with the bullpen management or whatever, but I think he does a great job getting guys uh, uh prepared for games, keeping the clubhouse running well, uh, lets guys be themselves, you know, and I think uh, there's a lot of stuff with Madden that overweighs anything you could complain about. Yeah, it's just, yes, I mean, obviously the bullpen decisions aren't always great, but I mean, honestly, I don't know of a, I mean, there are managers that are good at it, but I mean, a lot of managers struggle with that. It's not easy to do. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you notice watching other teams that there's a lot of bad man- managers out there, a lot of bad decisions made with the bullpen. It's not just us. And you notice that with a lot of complaints about the Cubs, if uh, that that happens everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and the, the whole Chicago Sun Times thing is like, that could be its whole, uh, a whole podcast on its own. It really could. I don't, yeah, I don't get their thing, but my advice to all the people, yeah. And- yeah, yeah. My, my advice to all the people listening, don't don't go on there. You know, go on yeah. Cubs Insider. Go on. Um, Aaron's got a nice blog. I mean, they're North Side Baseball. There's a lot of good blogs to look up stuff. Don't 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 go on the Sun Times. Yeah, they don't need the clicks. 
<laughs> well, thank you for coming on my podcast. Yep. Uh, I'm happy to be on. I'm glad you invited me to be your guest. Yep. No, it was, it was good. Thank you. As always, uh, you can follow me at STH85 on Twitter. If you have a question for the podcast, um, you can email me at holycowpod at gmail.com. And if you comment, I will probably put it on. So, uh, yeah, holycowpod at gmail. So, um, you can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. Just go to the iTunes store and look up Holy Cow Cubs podcast. And if you do subscribe, please give me a rating and a review. Just because, honestly, I want to see what you guys think about it. And if you have any suggestions or anything for stuff I can improve, let me know and I will try to improve it. Anyway, until then, we're going to have a new podcast pretty soon. Working on a few interesting guests. So until then, thank you for listening.